Hour 2, Sean Hannity Show. Toll free, it's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. There's a, there's a lot of media angles emerging in all of this that we need to now kind of get into. You got crazy Don Lemon over there at Fig News CNN telling his audience, I guess last night or the night before, I think it was last night, that people should stop beating up on the administration so much because no matter how it ended, everyone wasn't going to be happy with the way it ended. Uh, wrong, Don. You could have done it when we controlled Kabul and gotten everybody out. But of course, we didn't do that. Now the administration is, well, it's not 90% that we got out. We got 98%, we think. We, we, we don't have an exact number. Um, if there's a silver lining in all of this, it's, it's going to be what happens going forward. You can't change the past. <laughs> you know, imagine him saying all of this about Donald Trump. You just can't make this up. He goes, stop all you, you know, running around like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe we left so many people behind. We don't know if we left them behind yet. Yeah, we do, because the generals told us, Biden told us, they all admit it. We know, I know for a fact, because I'm in contact with the people that are still there and in contact with people that are talking to all the people that are still there. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. We don't know if we left them behind yet. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. The Biden administration, he must be calling them liars then, because they admit they've left a few hundred Americans behind, and we think the number's higher. You know, uh, Jennifer Griffin, who's done a great job raising real legitimate questions. Joe doesn't want to take many questions. You know, he's had two pressers, I think a total of like 13 questions total. That's it throughout all of this mess of his own making. Uh, then we have the issue of this this lie that he told. But let's first let's first uh, listen to Jennifer Griffin, you know, rightly complaining that the Pentagon has only taken three questions. They need to be answering. There are a lot of questions need to be answered. Why didn't you take it? Uh, take, get Americans out in April, May, June, July, when you know that they were on the march. Why? It was very frustrating sitting in that briefing because the decision was taken to have the defense secretary and chairman of the Joint Chiefs take just three questions. And my question at the end was, how can you assure the American people, given the threat that ISIS-K and Al-Qaeda pose and the fact that they still remain in Afghanistan. How can you assure Americans that U.S. troops won't have to go back into Afghanistan? And of course, 84 percent of Americans think we shouldn't have left a single American behind. I mean, it's all good. Now, the other big question is Jen Psaki was asked yesterday that Biden was on this call with the president of Afghanistan, the guy that fled with millions of dollars, Ghani, and and begging him to create a perception uh, whether it's true or not. Now, think of this through the prism of the Ukrainian call with Zelensky and Donald Trump that led to Trump's impeachment. You know, pressuring the Afghan president to lie. And Jen Psaki's asked about it. Circle back. Here's her answer. I just want to put a pin on that report. Was the president in any way pushing a false narrative in that call with the Afghan president? I think it's pretty clear. Again, I'm not going to go into details of a private conversation, but what we saw over the course of the last few months is a, a collapse in leadership. And that was happening even before Ghani left the country. What the president has conveyed repeatedly, privately, and publicly is you need to stand up and lead your country. And that's something he said at a press conference in July in public forum as well. No, it's what he said on the phone call that mattered in the Trump case. It should matter in this case. Joe Concha, Fox News contributor. I think he'd do a great media show on Fox News. I'm, I'm hoping he, get, he gets it. Uh, also, columnist for The Hill, Fox News contributor, Carol Roth with us. 
uh, recovering former investment banker, which is pretty funny, <laughs> author of The War on Small Business. Um, and she's been following the media as closely as anybody. Welcome both of you back to the program. Joe, I'll start with you. If Joe Biden is on tape and we have a transcript of him pressuring the Afghan president to lie when, in fact, everybody knew otherwise, uh, why wouldn't that be an impeachable offense? And I love Jen Psaki's defense. I'm not going to talk about like you just played. I'm not going to talk about the contents of a private conversation. I'm old enough to remember Jen Psaki when she was on CNN just two years ago, Sean, where she talked about how we need the transcripts between Trump and Zelensky, which they had. We need to know more about what kind of conversations they had. And the president, she advocated being impeached. So if that's the case, using the Psaki rule, then therefore... I guess Joe Biden should be impeached. Of course, I don't believe in that. Of course, I say you, you go to the, the ballot box and you, you vote Democrats out in 2022 House, Senate, and eventually if Biden runs again in 2024, if not Kamala Harris. But you brought up before how Joe Biden's only had two press conferences, only 13 questions. That's two solo press conferences. How many has the vice president had in Kamala Harris? Because she's in charge of a lot, right? She's in charge of the border, and she was the last person in the room on Afghanistan. And boy, that's funny. She hasn't had one solo press conference. She's the absentee vice president. We don't see her. She hasn't done a sit-down interview in months. I've never seen anything like this, considering that she was supposed to be the historic one who changed the face of politics in Washington. Instead, she's the invisible one. Don't find Edward Snowden before you find Kamala Harris in front of a microphone these days. That's actually pretty funny. Uh, let's get your take, Carol Roth. You know, Joe's call, Miranda Devine had a good column in the New York Post today, is impeachable. Um, and this this Reuters bombshell of this July call where you've got, you, you got Joe Biden telling the Afghani president, to lie. Yeah, it's amazing. Everything that comes out of this administration sounds like a teenager telling one of his teenage buddies to cover up because he broke some rule, which would be funny if it wasn't so completely serious and we didn't have these deaths and these Americans left behind and this just utter complete disaster. And it's unfortunate that we don't have enough people who are uh, pursuing an equal strategy. We're not getting the same level of accountability or even just a, you know, kind of a, a fair playing field. You know, if this had been President Trump, you know, we saw everybody up in arms for much, much less. And now we have a situation which Joe Biden, by the way, has been involved in since the beginning, you know, as a senator and then as vice president and now as commander in chief and completely botched. And we've got this phone call. We've got all these things, all these things. And we're not getting that same level of accountability. Jen Psaki said we had that uh, they mentioned on the call collapse in leadership. There is a collapse in leadership, but it's in the United States. <laughs> now, the collapse is pretty severe, too. Um, let me let me go back to this idea, though. I mean, let's let's put the shoe on the other foot here. This is Donald Trump on a phone call telling a leader, a foreign leader to lie. What was Ukraine all about? It was the idea that 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 there was a quid pro quo. Now, they ignored the real quid pro quo, and that was the billion dollars that Joe bragged about leveraging and saying, uh, you're not getting the billion unless you fire a prosecutor who's investigating my zero experience son being paid millions. Okay, so we know that double standard exists. But if Donald Trump had been on a phone call and said, even even if things are bad, it's okay. Just tell everybody it's going great. Um, knowing that U.S. lives were in, in jeopardy and at stake seems a lot more important to me than a Ukrainian phone call uh, about 
demanding integrity from the new Ukrainian president, Zelensky, Joe Concha. It's 100 times more important because, as you said, we already saw 13 U.S. servicemen uh, killed. We don't know how many Americans, to your point, have been left behind. The thousands of Afghans that, that, that helped us as well, you know, at the mercy of the Taliban and those executions. It's not like you get a needle in the arm like you're on death row. It's it's, it's some nasty stuff where, where children, families are, are, are massacred. And more importantly to our national security, al-Qaeda, ISIS-K, all bad actors now have a whole playground of a country to launch attacks against us. And to hear uh, Don Lemon on CNN, who, you know, I looked at his ratings. He's barely getting 500,000 people, and he's on at night when people are watching. Your, your audience, just to put a little comparison so people know at home, six, seven times higher. So, unfortunately, not a lot of people are listening to Don Lemon outside of when you're playing clips of him on this particular show. But for him to say, well, let's see what happens moving forward. There's not a person on the planet that's sane and sober that would think that things are only going to be better now going forward when you consider who is in charge now in Afghanistan and us being as vulnerable as we are and we'll probably, to Jennifer Griffin's point, or at least her question, have to send U.S. troops back in, and it'll be 100 times messier than it was in 2001. It's just a complete hot mess in the dumpster fire, Sean. I, I really do got to give you credit. I don't know how the hell you dug this up, but you literally found a a September 24, 2019 <laughs> Gen Saki tweet. It's not just the call transcript. The whistleblower complaint would likely have more details. We need both, not just the call. So she wants the call. I want this call. I'll tell you another call I want. I want the call between the head of the Taliban and President Trump when President Trump said, I will obliterate you before we have any discussion about any deal. Because that ended uh, rather well for Donald Trump, didn't it? Because Donald Trump, we didn't lose an American in 18 months, Carol Roth. Yeah, no, I mean, it's amazing. We always talked about Trump coming in as a businessman and his business acumen. But really, if you look back at his legacy, potentially the one thing that stands out to me is his foreign policy. And uh, I enjoyed that period of time when we had sort of this uh, quietness in these areas which have been historically volatile. And it's amazing to me that uh, hypocrisy, thy name is Jen Psaki, you know, how she wanted the call transcript, she wanted the whistleblower complaint, and now she's going to have to dance around because she's on the, you know, on the other side, and it's not her team, or it is her team now that is in the White House. So I think that, you know, in terms of evening the playing field, not just on the impeachment front, Sean, but we've also heard about this fitness to serve. When we look at all the things that have been happening, the weakness that has been projected, the lies, uh, the, the Americans left behind, and so on and so forth, I think it goes beyond just impeachable, but it's the, it's the question about fitness to be commander-in-chief. Quick break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll continue more with Joe Concha, Carol Roth, and your calls are coming up. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Congressman Matt Waltz of Florida has been in the meetings and he's the one that's telling us that the White House has been and continues to lie to us. We'll get an update from him. Hannity tonight at nine. And right, as we continue, Joe Concha, Fox News contributor, columnist for The Hill, Carol Roth uh, is with us as well. And, you know, well, we don't leak phone calls, but the Democrats leaked a lot of Trump phone calls. As a matter of fact, his very first phone call, if I remember correctly, was with the Australian prime minister, Joe Concha. Uh, wasn't all of that leaked to the press in every in 
all of it completely and other foreign leaders, those calls were leaked? It seemed like every call that he had with a foreign leader was leaked, uh, not not just Australia, but I remember South Korea. And this was like within the first couple of weeks. And that was the so-called deep state saying, OK, you have no safety here. We're going to make sure that we embarrass you at every turn because we didn't want you to, to be the president. And, and now you, you look at Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Democrats in general, and the four fronts that they have to fight, not just Afghanistan, right? That was the straw that broke the camel's back. But you look at the southern border and 1.5 million people crossing into this country since the beginning of the year. That's more than the population of 11 states. You look at inflation skyrocketing at this point, a big concern for Americans and skyrocketing crime in American cities. So now it's more expensive to live in this country. You feel less safe, whether you're in an American city or you fear terror attacks again. And that feeling went away during the Trump administration. It's nothing but bad news for Joe Biden over the summer of 2021. And I'm afraid it's only going to get worse before it gets better, if it gets better. Well, I think the worst part we can we can figure out, Carol Roth, you know, this lot big lie, which is we have all of this leverage over the Taliban, you know, gets repeated and regurgitated by the media and by you know, circle back Jen Psaki and by Biden himself, when in truth and in reality, uh, we don't have a single troop on the ground. Uh, we might have a few covert ops working independently. And if they are, God bless them, because what they're doing is risking their lives to help innocent people. Um, but short of that, um, it's it's just we've abandoned all of them. And they're now all caught behind enemy lines. The leverage lies with the people that have Americans as hostages. They have the leverage. We don't have any leverage. No, this entire administration um, since day one has been in a position of weakness. It's been in a position of begging other leaders to do things. If you go back to begging Putin not to attack certain uh, infrastructure, here, here's our important infrastructure, please don't cyber attack it. Uh, going back to OPEC and begging them for more oil after canceling ground leases, begging the Taliban not to hurt Americans. It, everything is coming from a position of weakness versus the position of strength, which we should be as the United, coming from as, as the United States of America. You don't have to be a foreign policy expert to understand that if you're going to withdraw like this, there are a series of things that you need to do in terms of destroying the confidential information, making sure that they don't have access to weapons, having a plan to get everybody, whether it's an American or the, the allies of the Americans, out safely or to a, a safe place. And the fact that they didn't do this you know, as foreign policy experts, when you would know this as a non-foreign policy expert, uh, really, really diminishes our standing in the world. All right, going to have to leave it there. Thank you both. Carol Roth, thank you. Joe Concha. When are we going to have the Joe Concha Media Hour on Fox? Can you make that happen? <laughs> you're the most powerful guy there. Make it happen. Me? I think you're the you're, most powerful guy there. I'll, but I'm, I'll take I'm, a, not, I'm, I'm a humble employee. People think that I control the channel. I'm like, I don't control the channel. I mean, if I did, it would be a little bit different than it is in some in some hours. But that's what makes Fox fair and balanced, right? Uh, anyway, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. There are actually people there that hate my opinions. But that's they, I'm, I'm blessed enough that I have the, the platform that I have, and nobody tells me what to say or do. Quick break, right back. All right, 25 till the uh, top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Let's just take a little trip down memory lane. Biden versus Biden. Then versus now on Afghanistan. Remember why we went to Afghanistan in the first place? Because we were attacked by Osama bin Laden and Al-Qaeda, 
on September 11th, 2001. We had no vital interest in Afghanistan other than to prevent an attack on America's homeland and their fr- our friends. Whatever we do in Afghanistan, whether it involves the commitment of military, political, or humanitarian assets, must be geared toward a long-term solution. We cannot repeat the mistakes of the past. If we think only in the short term, only of getting bin Laden and the Taliban, which we must do, we just are begging for greater trouble down the line. We did not go to Afghanistan to nation build. And it's the right and the responsibility of the Afghan people alone to decide their future. As every military expert testified before our committee has noted, the battle against the Taliban is not going to be won with bullets and bombs alone. It's going to be run with, won with roads, clinics, and schools. We no longer had a clear purpose in an open-ended mission in Afghanistan. After 20 years of war in Afghanistan, I refuse to send another generation of America's sons and daughters to fight a war that should have ended long ago. Unbelievable. By the way, the thing that we played this on TV, the thing that's, that's so dramatic is when you see Biden back then, back in the day, and you compare him to today, yeah, he's a shell of his former self. All right, many of you now um, are uh, dying to weigh in on this. Let's go to Greg, California. Greg, have you uh, voted yet in the recall, and you, or are you planning to vote? <laughs> uh, you know, we have to see how things shake out. I, they recall uh, Gavin Newsom and uh, Larry Elder happens to win. I will hang on and try to help out and stay, but uh, definitely have thought about it. Know many, many people who have already moved or are planning to. But, uh, hey, Sean, thank you for taking my call. Good afternoon to you and your guests. Um, I was watching your show a couple nights ago, and the two Marine fathers were on, Mr. Hoover and Mr. Schmize, and they're talking about the caskets coming off the Mr. plane Schmidt, and how yes. – I'm sorry, I thought it was Schmize. Yes. Uh, so they mentioned – I mean, I've seen the, the, the thing of Joe Biden, President Biden, looking at his watch, but they mentioned he looked at his watch every time a casket came down off the plane. And I have, my family has lost three close family members, direct family members to dementia and Parkinson's over the last eight, 10 years, including just recently my mother-in-law a year ago. And when they mentioned that and I saw what he was doing, that is so indicative of someone with dementia. They, when they're in anxious situations, they do repetitive things over and over and they, they almost forget what they're doing. Um, for example, I watched my grandmother go in. Uh, she came, I was giving her a ride somewhere. She got in the car with me, and she went through her purse frantically trying to find her keys. She finds her house keys. She, she grabbed them really hard, and then she put them back in the purse and sealed it up. And literally within 30 seconds, she was doing it again. And it, that probably happened five, six times. So when I heard that, I thought, are you kidding? This is This is typical behavior of someone with cognitive problems in dementia and that's what happens when they're anxious and stressed out they 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 go to these things to comfort them or they don't even realize they're doing it over and over so i just wanted to share that and you know it's a sad thing i think for our president but it's also sad i believe they're kind of taking advantage of this guy using him to push an agenda and you know it's terrible for our country with the things that are happening right now uh, I think there's a lack of confidence in our leadership. And with all this mess, there's definitely a lack of confidence in 
the United States amongst our allies and such. So anyhow, I just wanted to share that with you and uh, hoping for the best here in California. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to say something about this. I appreciate your call. Thank you, Greg. Linda's in Michigan next on the Sean Hannity Show. How are you? Hey, how are you? Hey, I saw that show. I listened to that show also on yesterday, and I wanted to thank you for giving the respectful opportunity to the two Gold Star Fathers to pay tribute to their sons. At our house, time stopped, and we listened to every word that they spoke, and I want them to know that. These brave soldiers had the hardest and the most dangerous job in the world that day, and they met the challenge. But, unfortunately, we've learned that, again, the price of freedom is not free. And sad to say, our Commander-in-Chief, Joe Biden, has not met the challenge. So my question, Sean, becomes, why would or should any parent, family, or young person want their son or daughter to seek military service during this administration of incompetence, from the Oval Office down through the State Department, the Pentagon, and the military brass. How can they be trusted to make the correct decisions for us? And the men and Somebody called women about this earlier in the week, and I'm going to give the same answer I gave then. You ask a very important question. I, you know, and I was kidding around about it. I say, it's interesting. There are many young people, for whatever reason, they seek out my counsel, my advice. Uh, Linda, you can testify that this is true and i i really really always want to help people younger people especially people that you know really they're trying to figure it out life is hard and to just give them a little bit of background and experience and confidence and and it, it, uh, to me it's very rewarding to do so if you're able to ever help somebody i find it a rewarding thing to do what I have found in my life is that there are certain jobs that people take on that are it's not a job for them. It's a calling for them. Doctors, in some cases, lawyers, absolutely almost every cop I know, every pilot I know, every nurse I know, um, every EMT I know, every firefighter that I know. They all wanted to do this since they were young. For them, it was a calling. It was a dream. It was They aspired to this. Astronauts, same thing. I've interviewed many astronauts over the years. Um, for whatever reason, I, I didn't have, I didn't know why, but I was drawn to talk radio, the great pioneers as a young kid. And I stayed up late into the night listening all night long and drove my parents nuts, never, never thinking I could ever do it. And it, it just, it doesn't, it's not about the money. It's about, it's about what the passion is. And if you're going to work at something for 25, 35, 45 years, 50 years, you know, you, you, you got to enjoy what you do or else it really is work. Um, and I, I always I never want to I never want to discourage anybody from following their their purpose, their passion, their calling and and their and following their dreams. Now, when it comes to the military or say the police department today, I am way more, my advice has shifted. I'm way more hesitant to say to somebody, um, if that's your dream, you need to go for it. That would be my 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 quick answer. I don't know. I, I don't trust. We've now politicized these wars and we've lost, lost thousands of kids. Our friends relatives, neighbors. I've interviewed too many Gold Star families now. 
I've interviewed too many guys that have had their legs blown off. I've been to Walter Reed, Bethesda. We've done concerts. I've met too many people that 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 did so out of a calling and a passion to serve us and protect us. And I just feel like if we're going to do this and politicize war again and again, and and it's going to end in a disgrace like Vietnam and now Afghanistan, we can't ask our our children to do this anymore. It's, now we have the benefit of modern weaponry and technology where we don't need as many people on the ground. You're always going to need intelligence on the ground and assets on the ground and letting other countries fight for themselves is always a better idea in my mind. But the answer to your question is I, I, I want to see America now as uh, war is now changing and it's, it's evolving before our eyes and we better stay ahead of the curve because the Chinese are the communist Chinese, they're spending a fortune on building up their military. Now we still need conventional methods in case we need to be out at sea, but we really need the modern weaponry, the modern technology to fight future wars where we don't do what we did in Iraq and Afghanistan and Vietnam to, to that same extent. Um, it's a roundabout way of answering your question. Now, if they still are committed to the military and they want to become experts on the development of weaponry and the use of weaponry, you know, where they push buttons in Tampa, Florida and bomb the hell out of radical Islamic terrorists, I'm fine with that. But, you know, being a private, going door to door in Baghdad, you know, going to Afghanistan, I'm done with that. I can't support that anymore. Because the politicians always seem to politicize it. Or they put handcuffs on our troops and don't let them fight wars to win them. If you're going to fight a war, you better win it. Overwhelming force. It's sort of like the, the you know, to, to this day there are people that argue whether it was the right call, the, the atom bomb in Hiroshima and Nagasaki in World War II. Absolutely it was the right call. It, ended, it saved American lives and it ended the war. Um. Was there a lot of collateral damage? Yeah, there was. Notice that there's only talk of collateral damage when it's a Republican president, not a Democratic president. Does that answer your question, Linda? I, I tried to. I gave you a long answer there. Yeah. Do you think we'll see people leaving the service over this? You know, I don't really. That's a great. You're asking a great question. I don't know the answer. I think. I think yes. I really do. I think the answer is is that you're going to see retirements. You've heard from the 90 generals and admirals retired. Um, you know that some people have spoken out already and some have gotten fired. I think it's just the beginning. All right? But uh, I appreciate your call. It's not the answer I want to give. I want to always tell people to follow their their heart, their passion, their drive, their motivation. I, I don't know why people, I mean... Every pilot I've ever met, every one of them, they've dreamed of being a pilot since they're young. Every single cop I've met always wanted to be a cop. Fireman, same thing. Nurse, same thing. Surgeon, same thing. And it's it's fascinating to me. You know, if you believe, as we often talk about on this program, in natural law that rights come from God, that we truly are endowed by not a thing, you know, oh, you know, the thing, but a God, a creator of everything. And you believe, you know, the, the word 
education from Latin is to bring forth from within. Well, that's predicated on the belief that God put the talent in you. I got a cartoon from a great cartoonist after Rush Limbaugh died. And it was Rush at the pearly gates. And it was Rush holding out, and it said, talent. And handing it, I'm here to return the talent on loan from God. And I got that as a gift from this cartoonist. I wish I could remember his name. Linda, do you remember his name? I should remember that. And I'm very honored by that. And I have it in my office. It's a beautiful, beautiful cartoon. And, you know, people used to think, that's so arrogant. Rush is saying his talent's from God. I'm like, it's not arrogant at all. It's actually giving credit to God if he has any talent, which we did. But his name is Pat Cross. And um, and he signed it to me, and I was very honored that he sent me that gift. Um, I sent it to Russia's brother and the rest of his family, and and I was glad to be able to share that with them. Because if you have any gifts, any talents, and you believe in that talent comes from God, and I believe that with all my heart, and that's where all talent comes from. You know, in a sense, it's, there's great humility behind that. You know, of ourselves, we can do nothing. I believe that, too. You know, the whole issue of, of Christianity, which is so often distorted, I love how the media loves to see a prominent Christian figure, you know, fail in whatever way. The whole, the whole premise of Christianity is that I recognize I suck, and I'm a sinner, and I want to be a better person. And I need help to be a better person. And submitting then to, to asking God into your heart. The word repentance is from the Latin. It means to change one's heart. And, you know, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory, the good book says. All these, all these things begin to come together. The golden rule, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and your neighbor as yourself. Um, I don't often talk about these things on the air. I'm not sure if it sounds a little, does it sound too preachy, Linda? Not at all. All right. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free number if you want to be a part of the program. Quick break, right back. is next you do not want to miss it and stay tuned for the final hour free for all on the sean hannity show 